Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is Mike Fisher. Across from me is Ralph Lawrence here with RL Technologies Presents Business Time. And, of course, you can see us uh, uh, on www.rltech.com, which is our website, is where you can also go. RLTechFL.com. Oh, FL.com. I apologize. It's <laughs> off to a rocket start here, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Um, but, yes, uh, www.rltechfl.com. And you can listen to all of our podcasts just off of the webpage. The podcast is now available on Spotify, on uh, Apple Podcast, on Amazon, and uh, we'll be bringing it up on iTunes or uh, iHeartRadio as well. We are yeah. super excited about that. Also, we want to give a little shout out and uh, talk about uh, the Hawaii Wound and Wa- Food and Wine Festival. Uh, they have put together a Kokua Restaurant and Hospitality Fund for the folks out there in uh, the Maui that were devastated in these horrible fires that we saw. Um, this uh, fund is specifically, uh, you know, geared towards helping people in the uh, the food and restaurant uh, industry, right, and the hospitality business. So uh, their website is HawaiiFoodAndWineFestival.com. If you can, uh, please donate. Yeah, those people are in. You know, as much as we hear here in the states. Every tragedy is offset by another tragedy. So we had the Maui fires, and then, of course, we had the hurricane that hit Florida. And the second the hurricane hit Florida, we lost sight of the fact that there are still people dealing with massive loss in that fire. And while, you know, it's hard to mitigate any kind of loss, there is a slight difference between having something literally burnt to the ground and unrecoverable and, you know, having to recover from, you know, water damage. And since we've been through that ourselves, we know. And so there are a lot of people out there that are still in a very bad way. Yeah, and in this fund, you can actually, you can pick specific restaurants if you've ever been to Maui, you got a place you love that you just want to help out, or you can just donate to the fund entirely, and then they'll distribute it to to who needs it most. Yeah, incredible food out there, too. Oh, yeah. Really incredible food, incredible culture. Oh, absolutely. So you It's not just spam. No, and, but, hey. Good stuff. Yeah, Good the stuff. spam out there, the variances of it <laughs> with uh, the Hawaiian culture, Samoan culture, Chinese oh, it's, food. It's good stuff. Yeah, you know, just a, a total cabaret mm-hmm. of, you know, of different culinary tastes that, that you can you can uh, imbibe is fantastic. So, again, um, you can also visit our shop. Uh, take a look at that. We have all of the uh, readers, POS systems, CAS scales that you could possibly need and uh some of our items have even been discounted right now so make sure that you go to our uh our uh, website and visit our shop and moving on into business time this week we're going to be talking about tipflation tipocalypse and all of these things are are reduced to use our cooking terminology down to (laughs) Guilt tipping, ladies and gentlemen. It's uh, we're going to kind of handle this conversation today from two different perspectives. We're going to be looking at it from obviously the customer's perspective, and because that's where the major complaint is coming from, obviously, but also from the server and merchants connection on the business side of it. Why is it happening? Who is aware of it? Who's not aware of it? 
what is the money being used for sometimes? You know, we don't even know in some instances that you have run across, Ralph, recently where the, the you know, the gratuity or the guilt tipping has morphed into uh, hardcore percentages that are just added to the ticket. And they're pretty substantial. It's like 20%. Yeah, years ago and not that long ago, um, the average that were paid to uh, restaurant employees was between 15 and 25%. 25 being, you know, extraordinary service, 15 being the average. Right. Uh, but it still gave the customer the option to not tip um, if the service or if the food was just completely terrible. Now, people need to remember that, you know, oftentimes your server didn't cook your food. So if your food's bad, it's not really a reflection, whole, you know, all the time on the server. But, you know, some people do like to, to show their their disdain, you know, for that, you know, through through, you know, not tipping their server. Um, but it's uh, in, in recent years, uh, as far back as uh, I think I went back to uh, 2012 when Clover started. Um, it was 2014 or you know 2015 the first time that I ran into it. But I was at a barbecue restaurant counter service in downtown San Diego, and uh, it was the first time I'd ever uh, seen a, a digital version of a screen that was that was you know kind of turned around to the customer facing side and giving them the option to tip, you know, and, but there was no, or there, there was a custom tip option, but it was the first time I'd ever seen any, any pre-selected or pre, you know, uh, figured options like 15, 18, 20%. And in the recent years since COVID, uh, you know, 15% is no longer, you know, acceptable. No, that's, and, and, that's the low end of the spectrum. Right. Something was wrong if you're dropping 15%. Yeah. So, and just, uh, just kind of in recent years, the, the, you know, the average has gone up to 18 or 20% for, for everything. Uh, when years ago, you know, when you would tip counter service employees, it was usually 10 to 15%. because, uh, you know, they're not going through all the, the same, uh, hardships that a, that a server in a fine dining restaurant is going through. Um, and, right. you know, uh, it's, it's gotten, gotten very interesting, but yeah, 2012, I think was, uh, when we first started seeing it, it, uh, it really started out West more, uh, that's where Clover, Clover, uh, started in Ca uh, California right. back in 2012. Um, I moved out there in 2014 and, uh, it wasn't until, you know, around that time that I had actually bounced into a Clover, uh, station at this barbecue restaurant. Uh, beautiful station caught my eye. I was like, wow, this is really neat. Uh, and it wasn't until later on that I, you know, I was like, wow, okay, I've never been, you know, kind of shamed into tipping someone at the counter like that. You know, if I had extra cash from my, you know, from the transaction, I'd throw it in the tip jar. Right, because tipping back then still largely was a cash transaction. Right. It's right. you know if you're paying in cash, it's whatever you have left over. Maybe you know you always tip a five spot or something of that mm -hmm. nature. But then, as you said, you're looking at it from the credit card standpoint, and so you're like, oh, that's maybe that's a little bit simpler. But even before we go forward, so counter service. This is a big aspect of this that I've heard you talk about before, because in those instances, you're not dealing with a server. You're the server, <laughs> you, you know, in a sense. You pick up your food and mosey on to wherever you're going to eat it. And so you're looking at instances where the functionality of a server and that go-between that, you're right, most customers utilize in their tip function to express their, their concern or their joy, 
with the entire establishment. Mm -hmm. But in this instance, you're just dealing with a situation where it's like, okay, somebody, you know, cooked your food, they're giving you your food, and you're basically out the door. Or, you know, you might be eating it, you know, inside of the establishment. But tell us how that this is this is one of the really key punch items when people are getting upset about tipping because they're like okay i understand you know maybe 15% service got to make money if someone is associated with the restaurant industry they know that that server doesn't make all of that money you're tipping out busboys you're tipping out other people they may be pooling and splitting but you know they don't always make the money that you're handing them. Yeah, a lot of the times if you see multiple bartenders behind one bar uh, at the end of the night, you know, they're they're sharing tips. And then they're having to tip out the barbacks and any food runners or any hosts um, that are helping them out through the night. Right. So you're in a situation where you're in this establishment that you were in in San Diego, and it is a, a, a counter service establishment. What's your general rule of tipping before this instant, you know, this particular instance? What is your general rule? Well, like I said, I mean, you know, back home here in town, um, you know, if, if I went someplace and my burger and my sandwich cost 16 bucks, you know, if I had a couple of dollars left over plus the change, I'd, I'd throw it in the tip jar. Right. You know, no harm to five. You know, and it was all depending on, you know, at the time I was, uh, uh, you know, scraping for cash. So I did, we, a lot of the times I wasn't able to tip. But it was that that option, you know, that I had. That's part of the reason that I was going to these counter service restaurants to begin with. It's like, okay, I, you know, I'm not expected to to go in and tip, you know, fifteen twenty percent uh, after I eat. You know, right. it's like I go in, I pay for it, I throw it away, and I'm done. And not to diminish what the you know what a lot of the mom and pop you know counter service restaurants are, mm -hmm. but it would be similar to walking into a fast food restaurant to into a McDonald's and tipping them. It's right. just not done. Yeah, and actually, you know, there are there are fast food restaurants out there now that have that option, and it's See, just kind of it kind of gives you a bad, and that's, bad yeah, taste in your that's mouth. That's one of those situations where if someone handed me, you know, even without the suggested tip line, which is how it's represented when you're programming a POS system or a reader system, it'll ask you, do you want to include a you know a, a suggested tip line? Do you want to work it out in its entirety so it tells you exactly what the tip amount would be based on those percentages or a tip line at all? And if someone, I went to McDonald's and it was like, do you want to tip 15%? This is what it would cost you. I'd be like, you know, I better not see that on that receipt again. Right. Well, and it was, I for, honestly, I forgot, you know, when I started seeing it at the bottom of the paper receipt. Right. It, honestly, it wasn't until I'd seen it, you know, kind of forcibly at the counter service level. Uh, when you look at the bottom of your seat and you'd see, you know, oh, suggested tip, which is great that they're doing the math for you, but you start looking <laughs> at the percentages um, and you're like, oh, hey, well, what happened to 15%? <laughs> right. No, and, yeah. and, and, and I think we've discussed it before. I'm a little bit older than you. Mm -hmm. I remember when the norm was actually about 10%. Right. Oh, no, no. It, with inflation, it's, you know, it, and honestly, working on that side of the industry, you know, I was, I was really excited to be getting 18, 20, 25%. Uh, but also, you know, the the level of service that I provided, because I worked mostly in fine dining, uh, was that of 18, 20, 25 percent that was, you know, that I was giving. So, you know, I, I received a lot of that. But uh, yeah, that's not always the case. It's, uh, you know, it, it, people like to have the option to to say, OK, no, this wasn't good. You know, I'm not going to tip you for it. 
to feel kind of like they, you know, that they got over or not necessarily got over, but they, the restaurant wasn't able to get over on them, you know, which is of. interesting because the way you describe it and I, I, you know, we should, we should talk about this in, in the, the next step is that what the big problem that appears to be, you know, resonating throughout the customer base for restaurants, literally coast to coast, when they're talking about the issues with guilt tipping, is when they relate it, there is a psychological component to it. They feel like they have been guilted or shamed into it. It is an emotional issue for them because they're sitting there and they're like, okay, I had my, I have my process. You know, it, it, uh, you and I were talking several weeks ago about this, and the conversation was predicated on the fact that I was listening to a sports podcast, right. and they happened to bring up the subject of tipping, and it actually started with uh, men's barbershops. How do you tip, you know, do, do you lay a big tip on them, and then you don't tip them for three or four weeks, which... You know, I think is an easy out for people that are cheap, myself. Right. But the, the conversation obviously, um, you know, translated to the restaurant industry after a couple of minutes. And all of them, all of the individuals speaking, and these are people with money, means. They're sitting there and they're saying, you know, I have a process. I know what I like to tip for, you know, service that I receive you know, if, especially if it's a restaurant that I know. Do you know my name? Is it a norm type situation where people know me? They're saying hi. I get great service. I can, you know, usually maybe request a table, even in fine dining restaurants. And but there's the tip that I'm going to present you is what I already have in my mind. And then you hand me this piece of paper, and or even you know, you, in some of the fine dining restaurants there in Pensacola, now it's all it's all based on a tablet. Well, and that's I was going to bring that up too. I don't mean to cut you off there, uh, but uh, when I was living in Colorado and I was managing the uh, the local chain that I was managing out there, um, we had deployed the toast tablets. Right, and it was the first time that I had ever been put in a situation where someone has you know has given the option to pay you know, with a credit card right there at the tablet. So you don't even have to leave. Right. And at that point, you know, you can, you can still print out a finished receipt, but if someone pays at the tablet level, then they have to sign with their finger and then put in a tip right then. Right. You know, and it's a... Uh, so that now they've included a biometric component to it as well. So, I mean, but at that point, whenever the server beforehand would just, you know, leave you the receipt and say, okay, guys, thank you very much. And you're not put on the spot where someone's looking over your shoulder and then they're going to turn around and see, oh, you know, 18% was added to the tip. Thank you. Have a nice day. Right. Um, so I think that's that's where the the term, in my opinion, tip guilting first came up, came about. So, but it's it's awkward not only for the for the for the customer sitting down at the table. It's extremely awkward for that server who is presenting that tablet because you feel you feel the tension. Right. Like this is something that you can speak from, oh, from your side. I've felt it, you know, in firsthand. Yeah. And I remember being like, "Oh wow, this is kind of weird." And then whenever I found out that I still had the option to go back to the original, you know, terminal and print things out, that's how I went back to you know, like my style of serving, because I hated that. You know, the tablets were great because of the restaurant that I was in was so large. Right. Um, it did help with, you know, speed and ease of communication. You're not running back and forth to terminals. 
Um, but I, uh, I quickly transferred back to the traditional, you know, paper receipt delivery. And for the, and it's even worse when you're dealing with, with a, a counter service restaurant, because most of them now, especially if you're dealing with square toast, they have the rotating, uh, you know, terminal so that when they ask you to sign, you know, after you put your credit card in, they intentionally turn the terminal face around. And if it's a counter service restaurant, there are, especially if it's a busy one, there could be 10 or 20 people behind you. I sent you a meme a couple of days ago, and it's a, it's a reader system in a, uh, in a grocery store. Mm-hmm. And it, it, or excuse me, a pet store. And when the, when the individual goes to put his card in, the reader system asks him, would you like to donate a dollar to save a dog's life? Oh, no, I remember that. Yeah, and, and he was like, no. And so then the reader system kicks back and says, so you want to kill this dog? And it, it's, it's 30, sis, uh, 30 seconds of, the, of the, the terminal backing him into this corner. And then if you watch it all the way through, it's notifying people behind him in line of what his decision is. And this is, you know, and maybe maybe you are tight on cash. Maybe with inflation, the way that it sits right now, you're stepping back from that 20% that you've been doing for the last, you know, two, three years, and you're having to neck down to 15%. And then everybody behind you sees this. You know, so now it's a it, it's a social problem. Right. Okay. And well, I think, uh, in, I think it was 2022, uh, I was reading some statistics the other day, uh, counter service Tipping percentages went up sixteen uh, percent in that in that first year of COVID. Right, um, and you know you can account a lot of that for people just you know being sympathetic for you know people who are working behind the counter because restaurant business too. The restaurant industry was just getting hammered. Oh, absolutely, and so, you know they were trying to stay open and work their employees. So you know the servers that were normally on the floor waiting tables were the ones bringing your food and preparing it so that they were still able to make a, you know, a living wage throughout COVID. Uh, those places that here in Florida were a lot, you know, luck- luckily we're still able to stay open during that time to just do, uh, you know, to goes and deliveries. Um, but now it's, uh, it's steadily climbing. And I think, uh, you know, now it's just, uh, it's, it's more, more of the get the, the tip guilting and or the tip shaming. As as you've seen it, especially in the fine dining industry, you've got tickets where they may be in excess of five hundred dollars. Okay, obviously, and, and often, uh, in fact, in in most of those types of restaurants where the the minimum you're getting charged for, say, a ribeye is forty five fifty bucks minimum. So you're you're not going in and sitting down with the idea that your tab is going to be anything less than like $350. And that's if you go easy on the drinks. So on tabs with a certain amount of people or that, you know, is going to reach a certain dollar amount, they're automatically locking you in at like 18.5%, I think is the number that you've given me. And then there's the option to tip the server in addition to that. Yeah, no, it's uh, I think if you, it's standard practice across the nation. If you walk into a place uh, usually with six or more people, a lot of the times they're going to add, you know, somewhere between 18 to 20% to your ticket. As a mandatory gratuity. Right, as a mandatory gratuity. And then you're still, you know, you're not, a, you're, you're not required to tip on, that, on top of that, 
but that that's added to your ticket because you're taken away for, from other table turns that the server was entitled to, you know, when they showed up for their shift. Um, so it's, uh, you know, I understand it on both sides, the frustration on the customer side, but also, you know, the necessity on the server side. And, and actually, you know, it's a, a lot of the times uh, we have a customer in downtown Pensacola that they're, uh, they're not always telling the customer that that 18 percent's added. So the customer looks at the receipt the next day and like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. And that's a turnoff to anybody. You know, if you're being told up front firsthand, you know, you still have the option to say, okay, no, we're going to go somewhere else. Right. It's not until, you know, like the payment processing industry with their pricing. Usually you don't see it until you're walking out the door or till the next day. And right. then, you know, then you're just upset about it. Well, so here's another question related directly to that. You and I have talked uh, on a number of occasions about the just the process of of tips, pre-authorizations versus no pre-authorizations, just running, and no tabs, just running straight transactions, uh, the effect this has on client stratification. And with the, the guilt tipping being what it is, moving from, you know, uh, uh, just going with your standard payment processing where this is just, you know this is just a natural piece of the process to where you're going either flat rate right you're just adding 20 percent or, or whatever percentage to the ticket and a lot of people sit back and say okay well what damage is this going to do to our client base like if you go to you know and you'll have to forgive me ladies and gentlemen i can't keep this this phraseology in my head but if you go to the cash discount system there's the concern by most by many bar owners by many managers or people within the confines of the organization that you're going to drive your client base away and the counter argument is like well actually no you're actually going to see more money and you're probably going to, you know, like we've said, work through that stratification process where those people, especially coming into nightclubs that don't have money, they're not going to come in, you know, because the money just isn't there to spend and you're not being allowed to run up a tab, which is you're going to skip out on. And, you know, then the, the merchant has to deal with in, in relation to chargebacks. But where do you come down on the idea that, okay, how what what concern do you have for the degree of loss of your customer base if you go to a system where you're like okay yeah twenty percent boom that's just how we handle it now? Well, I honestly there's a place that you know I went to recently, and uh, you know they they were nice enough to tell me up front hey you know we add twenty percent to every ticket, uh, but you're not expected to tip. You know we what we do is we uh, we we share the tip pool with everyone you know from front of the house to the back of the house. And as a as a manager and as someone that's you know been a been a floor employee waiting tables, uh, if if I'm looking for a place to work and I give good quality service, the last thing I'm going to want to do is share my tips with the people that don't give good quality service. Well, let's talk about this too because it's it's one of the things that I've seen you uh, highlight when we've spoken to restaurants from a restaurant consulting aspect in relation to how they're managing their money, how they're managing their people. Let's talk about that for a second. So you're taking this 20% and you're pooling it. And like you said, let's say just hypothetically, it's a fine dining restaurant. So the people that the, the, the managers, the general managers have brought in four servers, they're specialized in this. You know, they, 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 
they they handle all of the changes in the menu. You know, it's it's like reciting a, a, a lyric for them. They can do it in their sleep, probably. Um, they're they're you know forgive the nomenclature, but Johnny on the spot with every little thing that you need. They're busting their hum from the second you come into the to the restaurant until you leave. And you're taking this money in the 20%, and now you're diversifying it through the entire quote-unquote community. It's almost social, you know, it's almost socialized Mm -hmm. in that aspect because now it's like, okay, well, the people in the back are making more money than you are on the floor, but hey, they're getting a percentage of how you equalize that equation. Mm -hmm. So you're a server... How does that affect your psychology when you're on the job? What's the, what, what are the pros and cons to forgiving good service? Because well, now it doesn't matter. And now, you know, this isn't me personally, but just from my experience, you know, in the, in the restaurant industry, uh, a server that walks in that, you know, normally would give good service that's put in that kind of scenario where, you know, they're having to share everything with everyone. Yes. And, not, and we're not talking about, like, the bartender setting. Like, that, like tip pulling for bartenders has been around for a very long time. Right. It's nothing new. This is talking about, you know, like actually sharing tips with people who are back of the house, front of the house, bartenders, food runners, you know, everyone's basically supposedly making the same wage. Now, you don't actually know that, uh, but the reason that the serving industry works the way it does is because, you know, you you fall into a certain category whenever you become like a seasoned server. Right. And it's, you know, it's all about your experience and your drive. Okay. And you will find individuals that, you know, will fall into those you know, restaurants that could give very good service, but they don't because, you know, why should I, you know, give 110% when I'm only getting paid, you know, uh, a portion of what I'm actually pulling in. Right. And, uh, you know. And your hourly rate is lower than what they're making on the line or for the cook. Well, and see, that's the thing. Like, I, you know, I, I don't know that, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that everything is even. But, but you know, your experience tells you what my experience tells me that you know like the 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 employee retention is, is flip flopping, you know you're getting lower quality service individuals coming in to work for the front of the house that are dealing with the customers which I consider to be like a very important part of the business, um, and you're getting you know all the retention in the back of the house, um, which you know wasn't the case usually back of the house retention was extremely extremely low, um, you know trying to keep employees around back of the house is you know that's <laughs> that's tough tough it's work a nightmare so because all of your money especially you know fine dining you're you you have to retain the chef mm-hmm. and and maybe he has his own crew you exactly. know, i don't know exactly so it's uh you know it's it's interesting it's still new you know new down here the first time i ever witnessed anything like that was in colorado and this was pre-covid you know this was just it, just them trying to you know to level the playing field and and to be quote unquote fair for everyone, um, and I and I thought it was kind of interesting then too, um, I, you know this one particular restaurant, great food, great service, great employees, uh, but they were actually on the forefront of doing a lot of uh, like newer things uh, regarding you know employee retention and trying to split right. things evenly. They even had a program where you could come in if you didn't have any money, you could put you know, like your food on layaway or there was a fund where you could add like an extra $5 to your meal and it would go to this fund where, you know, homeless people could come in. I have seen that. Right. I actually I saw that in Seattle, Washington right. a long now, time. Now, see, ago. I totally I love that. You know, yeah. like I I worked at a pizza place for a long time and we, you know, we had that same, you know, uh, uh 
deal in, in our in our our payment process. Right. So hey guys, you want to donate to our fund? You know, we you know, if if we have anything, you know, left over at the end of the night, you know, we don't we we actually go out and give that out as well. You know, I'm all for that. Uh but it's the uh you know, it, it I still want the option to not tip whenever I go in. Right, I, I want that option. You're castrating the customer's ability to say, this was good, this was bad, this was excellent. And all the feedback that I've gotten about this place in particular is that, you know, like, yeah, the food's great, but, you know, they, they add 20% to your bill. And it's just, you know, this place is in, like, a very nice spot in downtown Pensacola, um, and I wonder, you know, how much of their business they are hurting. Because, you know, right. it, it's one thing to add a percentage to the sale you know, for the, the payment processing fee. But you're still giving that customer the option to pay the baseline price with cash. So there's an incentive there. You're not you're not putting a gun to their head. Right. You know, they really don't want to pay it. You know, most places have an ATM out front. Exactly. And you can, you know, you still have the option to go get cash to avoid paying that fee. And oftentimes you'll see that anyway, because there's something still, I think for the, for the, the older generation, the, the 35 plus, there's still... Something about it's a very personalized aspect, especially when you know a server or you mm-hmm. know a bartender of saying, here, you know, at Christmas, I will go down to Seville Quarter and the bartenders that I've known for, you know, half a decade, I'll, I'll give them a hundred bucks, you know, thank you for your service. Thank you for everything you've done. You know, while, while my silly behind has been in here, thanks for corralling me. And by the way, here's cash. And you know that's a that's a handshake, and it's it's you know eye contact. This isn't what we're talking about here in this instant, though. You're 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 gelding the entire customer base and saying, "Yeah, we want you to be automatons. Come in, get your food, keep your mouth shut, give us twenty percent on top of this, so we can we can you know pay the pay everybody in the restaurant now something and then leave. Well my out. my concern with places that add something like twenty percent to everything um, is, you know, how much of that is actually going to the employees? Are they using any of that to pay for the credit card fees? Well see, and that's a good point. Explain to me, how do they know that? We the, don't I mean you don't. And even okay. even as the employee, um, I I personally don't know how they, you know, they they get around not showing exactly what was made and you know, what was paid out and, you know, I'm sure, I know there's some withholding for the credit card processing transactions for the tips. Well, take uh, us through that real quick. Okay. So I'm a server at a, at, you know, at a, a, a decent restaurant at the end of the night, how do I know what I made? So usually it's on your, your employee uh, till report or your, you know, whatever you want to call it. It's based, you know, on whatever point of sale system you're using. Um, but a lot of the times, you know, and, it's becoming more common practice that even if the the business isn't on what we call the non cash adjustment or the cash discount program, right. they can actually still uh, take out the credit card fees for the tip transactions for their servers. Okay, so they can say, okay, this is about what you know, the, like this transaction, you know, this amount of tip would cost me in payment processing fees. So they'll withhold like three or four bucks. Okay. You know, so that that's common practice. A lot of places, you know, years ago wouldn't do that because they're like, ah, you know, no, I'm not going to do that to my employees. It's not, that doesn't cost that much. Um, so that that's pretty common. Okay. Um, for, so for the manager of the establishment, though, you want to make sure that, you know, it, it, everybody's reporting the tips they should, which are primarily the credit card, you know, tips. How do you balance out at the end of the night? You've got people that have got pat, cash Cash tips, and they've got credit card tips. How do you facilitate that at the end of the night? 
Uh, well, so like for bartenders, usually they, they're throwing their, like any cash tips just directly into the till. Okay. You know, it's, it's like, okay, you know, whatever we're over, we'll consider the cash tip. That's a I've tip. seen that. Uh, now there's a lot of times where they'll keep, you know, specific, uh, tip jars out next to the point of sale system right. registers. Um, but it's really, you know, it's how honest of an employee are you working with? You know, did they pocket a 20? You know, you, you never know that. And that, right. and that happens quite often. Sometimes it's by accident. It's like, oh, hey, now I grabbed a 20 off the, the, you know, this. I put it in my back pocket. I forgot to throw it in the I've noticed, till. like, down at, at, uh, at uh, um, Appalachian's down in Seville Quarter, they keep the tip jar actually right next to the point of sale system. So right. when they get the tip, it and it's almost, I think it's a muscle reflex. If you took that jar away from them, they wouldn't know what to do because they take the tip and boom, it goes right in the jar. And then they literally, they're, they're thank you, but they're on to the next, you know, it's so busy down there. They're on to the next transaction. Right. And uh, that also allows them to be able to go back in and, uh, and, and create change. You know, that's, no, there's nothing worse than being able to, you know, having someone hand you a hundred dollar bill and you go into the, the till and you got nothing but fifties and hundreds. You got nothing to make change with. So, you know, that still gives them the option to say, okay, hey, you know, I can pull out a hundred dollars and twenties, you know, buy them, throw the hundred in the, t- you know, in the chip jar and then go on about my night without having to, to really stop the operation to go get the manager to go to the safe to pull out another another till bag to, right. to break down and give me $100 in 20s. So we've talked here about the customer feeling trapped. We've talked about, uh, you know, the social anxiety. If I'm the customer and I'm talking to Ralph Lawrence and he's, he's the, you know, the manager of one of these restaurants – and whether I'm talking about feeling guilt-tipped or I'm talking about, hey, the service here and the food here and everything else wasn't worth the 20%, what can I do as a customer other than just verbally complain? And what is it really going to accomplish? What's going to happen is people are just aren't going to go back. They're going to say, okay, well, this come, this place doesn't give me the option to, to at least, you know, express how I feel. And you know, whenever I'm not satisfied, I just won't go back. Right. And in relation to that, is it the you know is it the only option for a restaurant when they're looking at, a, at the quality of service? You know, how do you step back from this? Let's say you're like, man, you know, we're losing our customer base. We've talked to a couple of people that we've seen out and about, you know, on the town because you know this, especially when people frequent an area. You'll, even as a server or bartender or an owner or general manager, you've seen this. uh, We've seen it together down in downtown Pensacola. You'll run into all of these people, you know, customers, et cetera. And uh, there have been instances where we've seen regulars disappear from one establishment and kind of, you know, obviously they've migrated someplace else. And oftentimes they'll say something like, well, yeah, the service just went down there, et cetera. If you're the business owner and you hear that and that's what's happening, and yet you're on this, you know, 20% kick, how do you step back from that? Oh, that's it's tough. Uh, <laughs> you know, because you, you'd have to basically rework <clears throat> how, you, how, you know, how you run your operation. You know, it's like, okay, do we want to remove that 20% and just go to a, you know, a normal cash discount or non-cash adjustment? And then pay our people, you know, the traditional way, right? You know, servers the server hourly wage, and then pay our people in the back, you know, the the true hourly wage, right? Um, that's uh, that's yeah, I don't know. It's it's a that's a, a tough, uh, I guess you know, thing for business owners to look at these days. Um, 
because it's once you put it in place, you know, you take that risk of, of running off, you know, your good regular business. So I would assume that if you were to, and obviously being in a position that you're in as an ISO, you have the opportunity to look at all of these different implementations, whether it's 20% or whether you're working on a surcharge program with your, your payment processor, uh, whether you're, you know, you're working on an interchange fee that you can, you know, you can fluctuate, you know, whether you're like, okay, this restaurant's been having some difficulties. We're trying to save them as much money as we can. We're going to run them at 1.94% or, Hey, everything is fantastic. They're making money. We're making money. We've got them at, you know, 2.5. If you're not running, with a POS system that mandates, you know, the interchange fee like Toast, like Square. So if you have the choice of all of these programs, and of course, the you know, the, the cash discount program, surcharging, what would you do that allows you the highest degree of flexibility with covering, you know, your, your credit card expenses, your credit card payment expenses? You don't want to shift all the burden onto the customer, obviously, but you also need to keep your establishment as, as liquid as possible, especially right now. Which program would you go with? I mean, I would st- personally, I'd stay away from the, you know, the twenty percent no tip uh, mandatory percentage added to your ticket. I would go with the uh, the non cash adjustment uh, cash discount. Right. You know, I think that's uh, that's an easier pill for people to swallow. You know, you explain why you have to do it. Um, and you still have the option not to pass on the whole entire fee. Um, yeah, I think the cap is 4%. Um, 3.84, yeah, totally. Yeah, right. but I mean, you could, you know, if you want to be nice to your customers and you want to, you know, take a little bit of burden off of yourself, you can make it, you know, 1.5% or 2%, 2.5%. Right. You know, so you can still kind of look like, you know, you're not trying to, to, to pull one over on, the, on your customer. Right. You're just trying to stay open. You know, and honestly, throughout COVID and everything else, you know, I I don't completely disagree with, uh, you know, the the sharing of the tips for counter service places like that. You know, those people, they work very hard and they're not paid very well. No, and, you're exactly right. You know, and I I have no problem going in and you know tipping a few bucks on a, on a burger or a sandwich that I get at a counter now because you know I I've seen I've seen it on both sides. Um, it's just the the being forced to to pay. At a, at a sit-down restaurant where I want the option to to at least show my my disdain or you know my my you know my unhappiness of, at whatever I had at my service or the food or the establishment the management you know I still want that option right and it's it's not a situation you know because in unfortunately the negative connotation comes through more times than not tipping is, you know, we hear about the, hey, you did a great job. Here's well, a tip. Because of, like, my experience in the industry, I'm usually the exact opposite. Like, if you go, I get I get more notifications from my credit card companies whenever I go out and I tip via credit card. Because they're like, whoa, did you mean to leave a 30 40% tip? <laughs> right. And it's like, yeah, I did. And yeah. it was because the service was that good, you know. I uh, And I rarely, you know, not tip the the minimum amount or what I consider the minimum um that's, you know, that's just not who I am. But I at least, you know, I I don't want to be forced into that. Right. You know, if I'm really that unhappy, I want to be able to just say, nah, sorry, buddy. No, I think it's uh, I think it's been remarked about several Hollywood personalities, several sports personalities. Um, 
I, if I remember correctly, in a couple of, of uh, publications, Vince, Vaughn, Vince Vaughn's name was mentioned in this, where he will walk into a restaurant and he will put X amount of dollars down on the table. And as you make mistakes within the confines of what he perceives to be excellent service, he'll wait for you to return the table to, to the table and he'll remove money off of a stack that he's put right there for your tip. Now, personally, if I saw that, <laughs> I wouldn't be working at the restaurant very long. I can guarantee you that. But that's that's the extent people will go to to voice you know, how they feel about their food and their service, et cetera. We're taking a look at what's going on now. And this is becoming a struggle. This, this is going to add in to so many other things. One of the things that you talk about so consistently is automation. And if we step away just from the automation on the fast food side, which you, you've convinced me we know, McDonald's, Taco Bell, Chick-fil-A, every fast food restaurant is going to be automated in the, in the next decade, mm-hmm. maybe sooner. And so, but that's on that side of the industry. Automation, though, is coming into fine dining restaurants, you know, anywhere from, you know, the fast food restaurant to mom and pop places to, you know, eateries to the fine dining, you know, arena and that's going to continue to limit, you know, personal interactions. And while you may get highly specified degrees of service and percentages and meals and weight and, you know, temperature and all of the other things, how is this going to affect how you tip? The, the robot did a good job, you know? He didn't, he didn't spill my drinks when he brought them to the table. Or, and here I'm, I'm, you know, I'm giving anima to <laughs> a robot you know it I, didn't spill the drinks it didn't do this wrong how does that affect what you're and now you're in a sit-down situation where it could be a fine dining restaurant or you know something of that nature how does that affect this in the future what does this all look like where does this game end between you're shaming me to tip i don't want to tip and now you're dehumanizing the industry even further i think what's going to happen you know it, you've heard the term trickle down Yes. This is for lack of a better, you know, piece of nomenclature, trickle up is, is the effect that we're going to see. Okay. Um, you know, tipping has become such a normal thing now that uh, people who are in, in these higher up industries of the fine dining, you know, or even just the, the casual dining, uh, they're going to start to be tipped less. <laughs> okay. And, you know, when people see, uh, you know, the, the, the more automation rolling in, you know, they're, they're probably going to, you know, at least it's in my opinion that they're going to feel the need to tip less. Right. Do you think that they, do you think we, when that starts to, because it seems to be somewhat of a knee jerk thing too, because uh, one of the things you brought to my attention a few years ago when we were still, you know, in the, in the embrace of, of COVID protocols is that we were going to see obviously the payment processing industry kind of kicked back a little bit because people were using their cards less, saving money. They weren't going out as much, obviously, with the, with the restrictions. And so that's when we started to see some of the unique aspects of, okay, we're going to, you know, we're going to raise this rate and we're going to make this rate this. We saw it in the credit card industry first, and then it, obviously it, it 
went over to the the quote unquote payment processing companies, which are you know, for lack of better nomenclature, just, just giant ISOs is what they are. Mm-hmm. But so, how does this? How does that knee jerk get carried off in the future? Because you're exactly right. It, the service is going to go down, so tipping is going to go down. So then you're going to see more restaurants, you know, go. Okay, well, we need to set mandatories here, you know, just to cover, like you've said, cost. You know, now we're paying, you know, employees more money. You know, now we're, we're you know, so many more restaurant employees are getting health care. Where did where does this line get drawn, uh, or does it eventually end up in a situation where every item on the menu? At you know at a, a fine dining establishment is a hundred dollars because you're just adding in all of the service fees. I mean, I think we're we're uh, we're on that path. Um, it'll, <laughs> hopefully, we don't see it get that out of hand. But um, <laughs> hundred dollar Big Mac. I mean, you go Coming to you way. go to a steakhouse nowadays, and I mean, a steak you know is going to cost you a hundred bucks. Yeah, it is. No, that's, and that's it's, you know that's just the that's the sad sad reality of things now i think you're right you know we're turning into uh was it japan or not japan uh, germany back in the you know in the 20s when a loaf of bread cost you know 200 uh you know deutschmarks right and uh you had to carry around a you know a basket full of money uh to purchase anything um inflation is gonna you know it's probably gonna kill us all (laughs) it's gonna kill the industry you know i'd like to know what your opinion is on this seems to me that the other thing this is doing is it's killing cash it is it, you know they've uh, they've made it you know so tough now uh, i've heard of countries actually you know telling their their customers that you know hey we're we're no longer going to let you pull cash out um and it's just you know how long until that hits stateside uh, that's you know what, what the direction we're going in now i give it you know five years especially with fed now with federal cyber currencies they're trying to push that idea it's just it's all terrible and you're right if it comes stateside and of course coming stateside we're going to take that idea and make it 10 times worse yeah (laughs) you know somehow uh but um so in the future you're a restaurant owner and you want to instigate that human equilibrium again do you see restaurants that are like, no, we're not, we're not going with any of the automation. We're not playing around with, you know, uh, the payment processing with credit cards come in, you, cash or check. You see that coming back? I mean, I, I think people want that. Yes, I truly. Do. I agree. I truly think that people want that. I, I mean, it's a sad, sad statement, but I don't think that's coming back. That's horrible. There's still a restaurant here in town. It's a, a famous burger place mm-hmm. here. And they just take cash or check. They've got two giant uh, Gen Mega uh, ATMs in the lobby. And they're, you, no one processes a card in there because they, you know, we've talked to them about it. Well, and what will happen is that their, their bank will probably say, hey, we're not going to let you take checks anymore. There's, there's just too much fraud right. that's, you know, that, that, we're, that we're leaving ourselves open to. Um, so they'll probably, what you'll see is you'll probably see a lot of places try to go back to cash only, um, and then eventually that'll disappear. So as we start to to wrap this up, talk to the customer real quick. Say, hey, you know, it, give the customer an option of how the how they a can communicate most efficiently outside of a tip with the restaurant to, to let them know what's going on. 
you know, good, bad, or indifferent as they may be to the the dining experience there. I mean, if you're truly unhappy, you know, uh, talk to somebody, try to talk to a manager about it, just express your, you know, your feelings about it. Um, but if you truly want to make a difference, you know, to the server or the the person that's taking care of you, tip them cash. You know, Excellent. Carry yeah, cash. Good idea. If we, you know, we're we're in a weird weird time now, where if we're not we're not careful, then that'll that'll slip away, and we won't have that option. And then guess what? We'll be paying percentages on everything that you get. Exactly. It's you know? it's it's no gold. Right. Then it's no cash. You then know, it's all digital. Mike and I, with RL Technologies, you know, we are uh, an ISO that sells payment processing, but we also own and operate a string of ATMs. <laughs> exactly. You know, we, we, we want people to have cash. Exactly. You know, we're we're advocates for that. You know, we tell our customers all the time. You know, if you want to put in the cash discount program, let's use it as an opportunity to incentivize cash. Exactly. Let's lower the amount that the payment processing companies are making. Well, you and I have seen so many different breakdowns, so many different articles, talk to so many different people where they're like, you know, if you ran your life today based on nothing but cash. You would be saving six months on the average salary because today, based on using ATM cards, using credit cards, the processing fees associated with that, what, is, what percentage are you paying back on your loan, on your car payment, six months of your work life right now per year is spent on nothing but those interest rates. Oh yeah, and guess what? They're all going back to the payment processors, or not, not you know, not the payment processors, but the card networks. Yes, Visa, Mastercard, Discover, right. American Express. They are what we call a you know a Visa and Mastercard. You'll hear us use this term quite often. They're a duopoly. They are a duopoly. They're one of the top five producing companies for profit on the on on the face of this earth. Right. And it's you know it's just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse. And until government regulation steps in, and then we run the risk of. Uh, the tyranny you know, from from our from our tyrannical government. Right, and you're dealing with then. Then it's like, hey, why don't we all get into bed together mm-hmm. and we'll create this federal cyber currency, and then everybody will be happy. Right, and Visa, <laughs> Mastercard, Discover, and American Express have made it so hard for other companies to start and to get into that field to be competitive. Um, that's honestly that's the only reason that I think we need any regulation well, is to, is to open to like open up that playing field. Right. And what's horrific is they, they passed that leg- – well, they passed a version of that legislation three years ago. They, they did in Washington. They patted themselves on the back, lauded it. Everyone's rattling their sabers. Look what we have done. We've created competition. And then the fine print associated with the legislation comes out, and it was only for debit cards. Mm-hmm. That's it. And so there was absolutely no change. I'm not even saying, well, there's a fundamental change here or there. There was none of that. There was no change to the credit card industry. Right. And a lot of people think they're like, oh, well, what's the difference between a credit and a debit card? Uh, a lot. Everything. <laughs> yeah. No, how, how your car is, is, is charged or, you know, what the merchant pays for that card are very different. Exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, I think on this episode of tipocalypse make sure as a customer that you're communicating things not just with money if you have a great dining experience you have to include that bring a manager over and say man the server's top notch didn't let a piece of silverware fall 
If I needed this, it was here. If I wanted that, they they did everything that they could to accommodate me. And I guess that's that's one of the real you know keywords now in relation to that type of relationship is how are we accommodating the customer? If you're the restaurant owner, we all understand, especially you know from our position, that times are tough. They are. You know, you're you're watching every single dollar that slips out of the door. How can I mitigate this cost? And be careful, though, when you look towards just putting it on the customer or even putting it in a situation where your servers, your employee base, are being expected to pick up the dime for that because that isn't their responsibility. It really isn't. So um, in the future, I'd say, you know, if you can find a happy medium, find it. But one of the ways that you can do that is by going to an ISO that's had the opportunity to work with, you know, a multitude of payment processors, work through a multitude of what they refer to as campaigns like we have, because we can help you make that decision. We can also help you decide, maybe I want to go to a pooling system. Maybe I don't. What are the adverse effects? Because it's the mistakes that you're going to make that you don't know about that are going to sink you in the long run, I would say. Right. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's uh, it's going to get even more difficult to navigate those waters for merchants and for customers. Yes, sir. I agree with um, that 100%. So just keep your head on a swivel, folks. Yep, keep your, keep your eyes up, to say the <laughs> least. Again, this is uh, Ralph Cross from me. My name is Mike. We are here with RL Technologies Business Time. You can go to www.rltechfl.com. Visit our shop. You can listen to our podcast directly off of the website. You can also find our, our podcast on Spotify, Amazon, on Apple Podcast, and uh, up-and-coming iTunes. And uh, so give it a listen, like it, and share it. Please leave any comments uh, that you, you feel you'd like to make. And also, please, ladies and gentlemen, understand that we are continuing to work through this process uh, while we may be, uh, you know, brought to you by RL Technologies. We are, in fact, RL Technologies. So all of our, <laughs> you know, all of our editing and our, our going experience every week is, is self-taught. Yes, if you guys have any feedback, uh, good or bad, please, please reach out. Um, you know, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash RL Technologies 180. Or you could reach us at info at rltechfl.com. That's right. Well, thank you very much, Ralph. I appreciate your time. Yeah, uh, I you. hope that everybody has a fantastic Friday and we, uh, we drop our podcast now on Monday. So if you're listening to this on the way into work, we hope that you have an excellent ride in and an excellent week. It's business time.